0: Praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here with our second Timothy Bible study on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time. I'm right here in my office excited about being here today, excited about sharing with you the wonderful words of life. If it's inside the Word of God, if it's in the Bible, it can bring life to your heart, to your soul, to the very experience that you have each and every day of your life, not some days hit and miss. We, as the children of God, can serve God without fear all the days of our lives if we learn that serving Him can only be done in righteousness and holiness. Luke 1, 74 and 75, never forget that. God declared us righteous when He saved us, made us servants of righteousness immediately so that we would be able to bear forth the fruits of who He is and what He did for us at Calvary all the days of our lives because He's delivered us from the hands of the enemy. Again, Luke 1, 74 and 75. This is 2 Timothy chapter 4. And they part four, and we're nearing uh, moving through this last chapter of this last letter that Paul would write in his life from a prison cell to Timothy, and uh, a time in his life when his ministry, according to today's standards, should have been flourishing and blooming, and a great time to retire and go kick back on the beach, as the mentality might be today and probably is in a lot of places. But Paul found himself rather, in jail yet still being used of god to write instructional letters uh, to timothy and others and uh, we're just so thankful that we today have the word of god we have the word of god faith can come and when faith comes Faith overcomes. Faith is what allows grace to be given to us. In other words, biblically speaking, faith is what allows God to keep us by His power, 1 Peter 1.5. Faith is what allows God to move in and through us, not just to teaching us to overcome the sin nature and the flesh, but when the Lord finds faith, faith in the cross of Christ, for that is the only legitimate faith there is. And when He finds that faith, that measure of faith that He gave you, He dealt to you when you were born again, He works on your behalf. He works in you to change you, to conform you to His image. Hallelujah. He gives you the strength and the power, the wisdom, the words, the instruction for ministry. All of that comes through faith. And faith comes when we hear God's words in their righteous context. We can never get away from that. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 that as the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel, we go from faith, initial saving faith, to faith. Again today, on this 26th day of March in 2021, the Lord is looking to move us from faith. If He finds us in biblical faith, He can move us to faith if we will look at what He's attempting to reveal to us, which is His Word in the gospel form, the gospel context, so that righteousness can be revealed and we can... March on, be led by the Spirit in this path of righteousness. And you say, well, as long as we're hearing truth. Well, Proverbs 12 and 17 says, He that speaks truth, that'd be the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Think about that. All those who use God's Word to show you what you have to do to be righteous or what you have to do to be delivered, to be saved, what you have to do, they're, they're twisting God's word. They're not holding truth in its righteous context. Romans 1.18, Therefore the wrath of God is revealed against all those and their ungodliness and unrighteousness. When we think about ungodliness and unrighteousness, God forbid we think of only the drunkards and the child molesters and the rapists and murderers and drunks and drug addicts. God forbid that's only where our mind goes. But in the pulpit of probably almost all of the pulpits in the world today hold God's word in an unrighteous manner. Therefore, all that can be The fruit of that ministry is ungodliness and unrighteousness. You see, ungodliness and unrighteousness has a form but no power. It also has a picture of being very spiritual. I'll tell it again. I told it Wednesday night when my wife Robin and I moved to this area 1995 we got here and and we didn't know m- much of anything uh, spiritually speaking the Lord had just the year before brought me back into the word into the involving myself with a local church and we were just beginning to learn and and, 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 and what we come to find out was, that uh, there was a group of women in this area. Now, this has been way back in 1995. There was a group of women in this area that the, the whole community thought they were the spiritual women of this area. They could hear from God. They walked with God. They could quote Scripture. And to hear them pray would just make the buttons pop off your shirt. It was just, I mean, we, everybody thought they were so anointed. And that's been the case throughout the years, and still, for the most part, is in everywhere you go, no matter where you are. But these women would gather together with their mason jars, attempting to catch devils in their mason jars. My, my point in telling you that this, this wonderful day is because just because someone has an appearance of godliness, an appearance of spirituality and appearance, that there's some form of of spirituality there does not mean that they're even anywhere near the Lord. And if they don't understand how the cross of Christ affects their today and every day, and they have not learned how to apply that, we're talking about 99.9% of all the true born-again church today. They may not be doing the flaked out stuff such as catching jars, uh, trying to catch demons in mason jars or the other group of people we heard about flying up to Colorado up to the highest mountains so they could try to bind principalities and powers. I'm telling you, there's no end to the depths of silliness and foolishness if you don't know the way of righteousness, which is the way of the cross. You'll be found today in some place that makes you feel so good. But there won't be the truth of the cross in that place. Matter of fact there will be excuses to why the truth of the cross is not being preached. Uh, And they sound so spiritual. They even would say about people like us that we've turned the preaching of the cross into a law. No God did. Romans 8 and 2. Hallelujah. Oh hallelujah. The new law. The new law of the new covenant under the new great high priest Jesus Christ is found in christ that means through faith in what he did at calvary hallelujah so don't listen to those don't listen to those who want you to feel good about yourself but rather find those god has sent that delivers the word of god in a way that your heart trembles hallelujah before the lord because isaiah 66 says that he looks upon those who whose hearts tremble at his word hallelujah So don't pay no mind no matter who they are or no matter where they are, no matter what their platform might be, have been, whatever. Look to those who are bringing God's truth in its righteous context and there you'll be able to mark the perfect man for the end of that man is peace. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There is much deception in the land today. And again as the silliness and foolishness will always be among those in the church. But there will also be a remnant, the soldiers of the cross. Their message will be heard. It will not be the most popular. It will not be where the most of the money is because those soldiers will not milk down the truth of God just to keep money coming in. They will not milk down the Word of God just to keep people in their pulpits. They will deliver, thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. And thus saith the Lord is the testimony of the Lord, and His name is Jesus, and His name means Savior, what He did at Calvary. Hallelujah. You can't take the cross away from the subject of any message. If you do, you remove the way of righteousness. Therefore, no one can go from faith to faith. You need to learn that. You need to understand that and you need to be sharing that. It's really not right for those of us who've learned the truth and the way of the cross to sit by and just it only feel sorry for those who are slamming their forehead into the brick wall every day thinking they're so spiritual. They need to hear ministers. They need to hear the words of the truth of the gospel being presented they need to be convicted that's why they kick against the prick and and for so long they'll try and try and try and try so hard to come up with things as to why you shouldn't be preaching the cross just all the time you why you don't have to relate jesus and what he did at calvary to all the messages. They'll try so hard, but they because it's a moral issue and not a scriptural fault on the part of the cross-eyed preachers, then they will just keep struggling and kicking against the pricks with no scriptural proof, no scriptural evidence that we shouldn't be uh, speaking about God's redemptive plan in this redemptive period of time called the times of the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Let me say it again. Those who refuse to preach this message and talk about this message, those who refuse to point to the cross in all of their messages refuse to point to the place where God's people can go from faith to faith, We do not go from faith to faith because we feel good today, because we read a scripture. We go from faith to faith as the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. That's in our Bibles, Christians. And if we would just let go of big names and big palaces and 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 and, and big uh, monies and big this and the looks of all these things and come back to the way of the cross which is the narrow way. It's the narrow way. As Cain's lineage went out and invented the musical instruments and the forging of metal and the weapons of war and the raising and ranching of cattle and oh so many other things uh, while the people of God just hovered together over uh, the sacrifice throughout uh, years and years. And don't you know Cain's lineage, the one who said, I don't need God's way of a sacrifice. I'll go prove to God I can make my own way. Well, God proved to him he couldn't. Today, Cain suffers in a greater torment than he could have ever imagined in a place called hell because he tried to make his own way. Don't be caught in that today. The cross is God's way. The cross of Christ is the way of righteousness. And Peter said it'd be better that you never knew it than to have known it and to have turned away from that holy commandment. So if God calls His way of righteousness, which is the way of the cross, His holy commandment, a commandment only stems from law. So preaching the cross is a law to God. Hallelujah. It's the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus who is allowed legally to make us free from the law of sin and death. If we preach that message. And we don't need it once. We need it every day to hear it in all of God's words, precept upon precept, line upon line. God can only add to legitimate faith. God can only add to faith. And that faith He adds to is that measure of faith He dealt you when you were born again. That faith that was measured out to you, dealt to you out of the measure of of Christ's faith. Galatians 2.20 Glory to God. Hallelujah. This has been good already this morning. It's been so eye-opening to hear the truth. But the question is, what will you do with that truth? Will you remain where you are, stagnant and lame and crippled and paralyzed and uh, bound under those who have heard it but reject it, heard it and say, well, it's what they need but not us? And Will you sit there and continue to sow finances into places that's not preaching and pointing you to the only only place you can move from faith to faith? Hallelujah. It's time to get hooked up. It's time to get... uh, 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 involved in what God is doing, where God is moving. Not where you feel good, but where God feels good about what He's able to do in your life now. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Come back to the way of the cross and never leave that place again. It won't be the most popular. You'll be ridiculed, criticized, possibly even persecuted beyond what you can imagine in the days ahead. But don't run from a heart that trembles at God's Word. But join those of like precious faith. That like precious faith, Peter said in 2 Peter 1 and 1, that came through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, here we are today, 2 Timothy chapter 4, part 4. And we're going to begin this morning in verse 9. Do thy diligence, Paul writes to Timothy, to... Come shortly to me, ASAP. Quick as you can get here, Timothy. I I want you to just do the best you can to get here. Verse 10 says, Because Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to uh, Dalmatia, Uh, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with you for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Now, I want us to look closely at verse 10 today where Paul tells Timothy, Demas has forsaken me. This man who'd been with Paul... In ministry, ministering with him in this great truth of Christ and what he'd done at Calvary, listening to Paul's teaching, uh, following the teaching of Paul, hooking up with Paul. Uh, many have come along and hooked up with ministers of the cross, ministers of that great redeeming work that, that Paul has brought and that even over the last 25 years, 24, 25 years, the Holy Spirit has begun to reveal to the church Again, nothing new, but again to the church that we're only sanctified by the truth, sanctified by faith in the truth of which is Christ and Him crucified. Just as God used Martin Luther some 500 years ago to bring into the church the, the great illumination of just what was written that we're justified only by by faith, Romans 5. Only faith in the blood. Romans 5 and 1 and verse 9 in that fifth chapter of Romans. Justified by faith. Justified by blood. Justified by faith in the blood. And then some 500 years later, 24, 25 years ago, the Lord moved through Brother Swaggart. Nothing new, but he just began to reveal to the church again that we're only sanctified. Not just When we were born again sanctified, we all were because 1 Corinthians 1 and 30 tells us Jesus was made unto us sanctification. But that life Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica about that all of us, every one of us, needs to know how to possess our vessels in sanctification and honor, and it can only happen through the same faith that justified us. Faith in the cross alone. We have a new high priest. We're not under the old Jewish customs and laws and rituals rites and ceremonies. We're under a new high priest, Jesus Christ, not Aaron. A new high priest, <coughs> Jesus Christ, with a new law, the Bible says in Hebrews seven twelve that because the priesthood changed. There was also a necessity for the law to change. And that new law is the law of the Holy Spirit of life, here it comes, in Christ Jesus who's made us free from the law of sin and death, which proves it's pointing to faith in Christ crucified. For there is no freedom from the law of sin and death outside of that. And it also reveals that the Holy Spirit works within the perimeters of that faith, the new law, the new law of the new covenant. Hallelujah. It is a law. Ignore Those who say, even make the the ridiculous ideal that you can make a law out of preaching the message of the cross. It is the new law. (laughs) It is the new law. It's the new law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It must encompass the very redemptive plan of God. Or it's without looking through the glass within And listen, if you're outside looking in, you'll be throwing rocks at those who are in. And you better be careful with all of that. I don't care who they are, where they are. It don't matter how little or how big or whatever they they think they are. The message of the cross has got to be included in all that we do, all that we think, all that we say. Our lives are to be becoming the gospel. Amen, Brother Curtis. So watch this now. And I want, to make, I want to talk about this for a few minutes today. Because if you're in false ministry, or if you're in a legitimate, honored by God ministry preaching the message of the cross, the Holy Spirit using you to pour the truths of God's Word out on the table that the people of God might eat, continue today to eat of the flesh and drink of the blood of Jesus, to, to be in communion with Him and to be growing and changing and used of God and and being blessed according to the way of righteousness. It doesn't matter which ministry you're in there is a door that people come in and most will go right on through and out the back door that the same thing happens in false ministry as so does true of god ministry because the spiritual world people are searching people are looking and 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 most will never even find that which is true and and many of those that do won't, won't stay, won't stay very long either. Some will stay longer than others and then venture off. Again, I have to keep quoting what Peter wrote in 2 Peter 2.21. It's better that you never knew the way of righteousness. That's the way of the cross, my friend, than to have known it and to turn away from the holy commandment. <coughs> Think about that. Here's some scriptures concerning Demas beforehand when he was with Paul in ministry, serving God in the way that he should be. Colossians 4 and 14. And remember, 2 Timothy chapter 4 is Paul's last letter. So these things were all written before. Colossians 4, 14. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. They with Paul previously. Ministering with Paul. In Philemon, chapter 1, verse 24, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. It's, it's, it's a scary thing to know that today and for 16 years I can have preached this message. And tomorrow, my friends, I can, I can allow some sort of lust in my heart to carry me away from it. I can allow some sort of fleshly carnal lust to, to come into my heart and and, and, and and to carry me away into making excuses why the cross doesn't have to be a part of all. That I, I don't have to see the cross of Christ in all the Word. and I, I, you know, And when I start doing that, I'm already struggling morally and I'm making excuses for it instead of coming and humbling myself through faith in Christ and Him crucified. I can go wayward if you don't think you can. See, the Bible doesn't say take heed when you're getting ready to fall. Take heed when you fall. The Bible says take heed when you stand lest you fall. It's when you think you're standing, you better take heed. Because when men stand, there's a great tendency there to think, oh, we've done something. Oh, we've done something. And when we start going down that avenue, no matter what we're holding on to, there's a great, great opportunity to fall. Great opportunity to fall. And those who are making excuses about why they don't have to focus and why they're not focusing completely giving themselves completely to this great message of redemption. It's because they don't see the necessity of it. And if you don't see the necessity to that degree of subjection to it, such as Paul finally reaching the place of being determined to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified, that means you're still holding on and trusting to something else. Never forget this, that any gain of Christ means there's a loss of flesh. When I gain more of Christ, that means there's some flesh that got lost, something that was stealing from me, something that was preventing me from that loss, from that gain, rather, that I just experienced. Any gain of Christ of that knowledge of Christ that excels you on into the purpose and the plan of God for your life will always be due to a loss of whatever it was that was preventing that gain. Never forget that. We don't just tiptoe through the tulips of holiness gaining Christ each day because we say we do or think we do. There's got to be loss for gain. For what would the word gain mean without the word loss existing. Think about that. I'm sure Demas never thought he would ever leave the Apostle Paul. I'm sure that those today who are bound hand in hand, arm linked in arm today have no thought that they will ever be separated from that minister of righteousness God has brought them in with, hooked them up with, and began to use them with. Today the thought is not there, the thought that is there is thank God for this and I'm go- we're going to march together to the end. But just let me bring the reality to the table as God always will. When things begin to penetrate relationships of those who are in this great faith, that means one or both have been moved somewhere differently through the lust of their flesh. I'm going to say that again. I hope God is able to reach you today, whoever you might be. Whenever we're marching arm in arm, linked up together, preaching this glorious message of the gospel, trusting Christ, seeing souls saved, people filled with the Spirit of God, with the evidence of even speaking in other tongues and God moving mightily, learning the great sanctifying truth, watching God's people learn to live in victory and to be used by Him. And what a move of God that is. If we're not careful, something will make its way in. A lying spirit a spirit of jealousy, a spirit of envy, some spirit will come and tell a lie. And if there is not a brokenness and a contriteness of heart and a trembling at God's word, then there will be a separation. In this separation we see Demas has loved the present world And there's bad news when that happens. And it's truths in God's Word, I can't get away from this, that cause our hearts to tremble. And when that happens, we, we either will allow God to deal with us in a proper way where there's a godly sorrow there that results in Him giving us repentance due to our acknowledging the truth again, 2 Timothy 2, 24-26, there is no repentance without acknowledging the truth, which is a coming back to the place of Calvary. It's the only place God forgives and brings times of refreshing. But when something pierces in between relationships, one or both are to blame. Something we need to talk about, hopefully, in the near future, is that word blame. Think about this today. God is not condemning people today. God's people are in Christ. And there is therefore now no longer any condemnation for those who not walk after the flesh, but those who walk after the Spirit, there is no condemn- there's no condemnation from God at all toward the church. Now our hearts will condemn us if we walk in the flesh. But I want you to know, although God's not condemning His people, He many times is blaming us for things. Forgiving occasion, to others to walk in the flesh. Now, that's all in the Bible. The Bible, the New Testament, is full of scriptures that tell us to be blameless until that day. Be blameless. Look those scriptures up after the broadcast or whenever you have free time. Look those scriptures up all in the New Testament that call for us to be blameless until the day of the Lord. And remember Galatians 2 and 20 where Paul telling the church in Galatia about the story, the event that happened between him and Peter in Antioch, where he says Peter was to blame. You see, when I'm not walking in the faith, I will be blamed in the eyes of God by God. Not condemned, but I am to blame for a whole group of people also who are not walking in the faith. Those who are not walking in the truth possibly due to ignorance if they just don't know it. But God says ignorance is no excuse. He still won't bless the best we can do. The best we can do is filthy rags to Him, He says. He expects us to repent and come back to the place where He offered His best. Hallelujah. Demas forsook Paul. He forsook the way of righteousness. He forsook the ministry of truth. What did he trade it in for? A love for this world. Let's look how dangerous that First John 2 and 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now see, here's where some, most, would say, well, I don't see the cross in that Scripture. Well, can I tell you today that only through faith in the cross can you experience the love of the Father? Oh, if you're a Christian, God has shed His love abroad in your heart. But let me make this statement. Just because He has shed His love abroad in our heart does not mean we're walking in that love. Just because it is a truth and a fact that we are alive in Christ does not mean we're living. Paul says in Romans 7:9 that he dies. wasn't talking about physically, He was talking about he entered into a place where there was no fruit being bare in his life. Not, not as he turned back to the commandment, the sin nature revived, You turn away from the cross. I don't mean throw rocks at it and say I don't believe it, but as simple and subtle, deceptive and deceitful as it is when I simply hear someone tell me if I'll do these three things, God will deliver me based on what I do. That's law. And God only does one thing with law today, the law of the old covenant. That is, He calls people out from under it through faith in the blood of His Son. Hallelujah. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's not operating in him. You can't tell me that Demas, Demas as a born-again child of God, and I'm not one of those It's going to say, well, he must never have been saved. That's so unbiblical. And it makes you the judge. And who do you think you are to be the judge of what went on in someone else's heart? You can know the way of righteousness and turn away from it. You can experience it. Hebrews 5 and 6. You can ignore the wake-up call back unto righteousness. Becoming skillful in the word of righteousness in Hebrews 5 and end up being one of those who forsake the way in Hebrews 6. So let's stay away from uh, that, that, that mindset of, well, they must have never been saved because we don't know. Only God knows that. So if Demas was born again, and I believe he was, a co-laborer, fellow laborer with Paul, especially back in that day where you would lose your life, possibly be cast out from all those that knew you because of the faith in that day. So the love of the Father had been shed abroad in the heart of Demas, but yet he began to look at the world and develop in his heart a love for the things of the world. That can happen to any Christian. If you don't think it can, you don't understand the Bible. The warnings of the New Testament are not just so we'll keep bearing fruit, although they are, but it's so we won't fall away, end up cut off, end up blotted out. All those things are there. And stay away from the mindset that doesn't tremble at the Word of God and what is written. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the the love of the Father is not in him. And we needed to talk about this today because Demas was with Paul used by God with Paul. Watched many things happen of God, but yet he began to look at the world. We see this revealed to us that will be happening in the last days, which began when Christ showed up the last days. The times of the Gentiles when the Jews rejected Christ, God turned His attention to the whole world, no longer just Israel. This time period called the Times of the Gentiles, Luke 21 24. It's a period of time, a segment, by the way, that's about to close. About to close. Make no mistake about it. Demas has loved this present world and he forsook Paul. Paul is left there with only Luke. Only Luke remains with Paul, a minister such as Paul, given the revelations he was given, so powerful and so strong and revealing that he had to be given a thorn in his flesh to keep him from exalting himself because of what God had shown him. Now, that's what your Bible teaches. And he comes down to the end of his life locked up in a prison cell saying that only Luke is with me. So therefore... Take Mark and bring him with you, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. You know, Mark was always profitable for ministry, I believe, but there was a time when even Mark and Paul separated. So there was problems. And that's a great story to study. For obviously Mark had reached a point where he thought he didn't need to go and do that which Paul was a part of. And we don't know fully all the details. There are things that can be dug out in that story. But they separated And it was a heated separation. But thanks be to God, the door for return... Was always there and is always there today if you've gone wayward and i'm not just talking about left the ministry i'm talking about left the fellowship of the household of faith those who are striving together for the faith of the gospel not just those who are meeting to feel good and to to try to live up to a name that's on the outside of the building. But those who are literally striving together for the faith of the gospel through that measure of faith, God dealt them. Those who are learning how to walk in the place, the way of righteousness, where their lives are literally becoming the gospel that way of righteousness, the way of the cross, the, the centerpiece where we don't make excuses as to why we shouldn't bring it the, that that gospel message into our but rather why we should. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Glory to God. There will be again, there will be much deception, and it will come from some of those most unlikely sources. That's what allows it to be deception so great at a great level because it will be those you have trusted, those you have listened to. Think about Demas with Paul, now a way, now a love for the world in his heart. Now he's to blame. Now he'll be to blame for all those that once looked to him as he was used by God with Paul now he's forsaken Paul for, for a love in his heart for the world now he'll be to blame by God not condemned by God but he will be blamed by God for all that looked to him prior that now uses him for an excuse to be able to go wayward think about those today that say I don't need to go to church I don't need to do everything they're doing I, I don't need to be faithful just because I don't need to be faithful like they are, I can be faithful In my own way. And I'm sure that's what Demas thought. He didn't have to continue in the way. And it was okay to have a love for the world. It was. Demas stepped into a place as Peter did once before. Thank God, Peter repented. The Bible doesn't say Demas ever did. But there is a place we can step into where we are to blame. God forbid we ever step into that place and the end result be that we're cut off, severed, and lose our place in the Lamb's book of life. But that we, like Mark, for whatever reason the separation was, where they took place, a heated argument, a heated separation, that there would once again be, obviously, Mark was available for ministry. If he wasn't, Paul wouldn't have told Timothy, when you come, Timothy, bring Mark with you and come quick as you can because Luke is the only one with me. Can I say to those who are ministers of righteousness, and I do mean preachers of the cross, those who are learning and becoming more determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified, those who are hearing and seeing the Holy Spirit Showing you Jesus Christ, the living word, in every word of the written word. Stay the course. Stay the course. You will be forsaken. Stay the course. You will be forsaken. But God will bring those back to you or to you fresh and anew who have a fire in their hearts to walk with you. God will do that. You won't have to go out and beg. You won't have to lower yourself down to, to, to just uh, bring anybody in, to, to use anybody just for the sake of ministry going forward. God will add to you. God, let me tell you something. God would rather you walk alone just you and Him And to get down to a place where you put people in ministry just for the sake of having ministry. They need to walk with you, arm in arm, in this truth of Christ and Him crucified. Many will come and many will go throughout the years, but keep looking unto Jesus. Two weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me and He told me, You don't look to the right, you don't look to the left, you don't look to those who are rising and you don't look to those who are falling, you keep looking unto me. For many will rise and many will fall, but you keep looking unto me. Stay the course. Fight the fight of faith, the good fight. Keep that faith that God dealt to you. Don't forsake Him for a love for the world. And that does not just mean going back to booze and going back to the boats and gambling and going back to all the things that were out there blatantly obvious. It simply means just forsaking the functioning of yourself in the household of faith. The reasonings that are given today for why I'm obviously not more faithful than I used to be but less in the household of faith. Oh, and and Christians who are going that wrong direction, they get oh so angry because their hearts are not trembling at the Word of God. And when conviction comes and anger at the minister comes instead of a heart that would allow God to deal with the trembling that takes place there. Don't, Don't become confused when your heart trembles at the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and throw rocks at the minister saying they're just preaching condemnation. And that's where most of the church is today. God wants their hearts to tremble at His word. And He wants to convict us, to be able to chasten us so that we might continue to bear forth the fruits of His holiness. Hebrews chapter 12. To be partakers of God's holiness in a continual manner is going to require Him chastening us. You disagree with that, then you think you've reached the place of perfection. But Hebrews 12 teaches us that He chastens us so that we might be partakers of His holiness. Partaking of God's holiness means that our faith must remain in the sacrifice of Christ, for there Can the fruit of holiness be experienced and exclusively through the fruit of holiness being experienced does the fruit of of holiness take place? Without faith in the cross, there is no experience of the fruits of righteousness. And without the fruits of righteousness, there's no place for God's holiness to manifest. Romans chapter 6 clearly teaches that. I hope you've learned that. Holiness is not in the length of your sleeves or the length of your hair or the amount of makeup or no makeup that you wear, my sister. Holiness is seen by others through the child of God that bears forth the fruits of His righteousness through a faith, a heart trusting in the righteousness of God, the cross of Jesus Christ. I have to say this, I say it often. Romans 10 and 10, he that believes with the heart unto righteousness. Think about that. It's the heart that believes unto righteousness that the mouth will be confessing the proper words of God's saving grace, that's salvation. And that's not just an initial salvation scripture. We must believe with the heart under God's words of righteousness at all times. Our faith can't come and if faith doesn't come we can't go from faith to faith. It's faith, the faith of Christ that brought us into the faith and that will take us to faith. Watch this now, verse 12. In Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus the cloak that I left at Tros or Troas, however you say it, with Carpus, when you come, bring with you and the books, but especially the parchments. And when you look the word parchments up, it simply means sheepskin, that which was written on sheepskin, tanned out sheepskin hides that they wrote the scriptures on. They printed, they wrote the, the Old Covenant scriptures on And that's the most important thing to Paul. He says, but especially the parchments. And then he goes right back into what the church today does not want to hear. But the Holy Spirit seems to believe it's necessary for us to hear. Verse 14, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. Today's minister says, don't. Talk about that. Don't talk about who forsook you. Don't talk about who did you evil. Just keep keep on going. And I understand that to some degree. But when the Holy Spirit in the Word of God points out those like Demas and Alexander, it's not that God is is condemning them, but God is blaming them. That got a hold of some of you's heart today. It got a hold of mine a few weeks ago and the Lord hadn't released me into just bringing forth that teaching. He's given it to me. I've got it. And there will come a day when it pours out. He's not condemning us, but we are to blame. We are to blame. And though other people won't be able to blame us at the judgment, we are still to blame. The false prophets that teach all the false things by the drove. Man, turn on YouTube. By the drove. Just stop in. Just almost any local church today. The false prophets. They are to blame before God, but I won't be able to blame them at the judgment because all the false things they teach, it's the lust of my own flesh James wrote in the Word of God that I'm carried away through. Oh, they will be to blame. They are to blame. And we need to understand this. We can be blamed by God and have to be confronted by God. Sometimes He doesn't really want it to be this way, but sometimes through ministers, there will be, look at the prophet Nathan who had to approach King David in his horrible place he was found of sin. No, we don't bring condemnation to those in sin. You hear that phrase by the lost in the church who's backsliding today. Well, you're not judging me, are you? Well, no, we bring the word of the Lord. That's their excuse because of the world they love. That's the words they speak to get us out of their hair because we love them and try to bring the word of the Lord to them. They call it condemnation. They call us condemning them, but really it's just words that are the result of a heart that's loving the world. And again, think about the Christians today who are not a part of a local church. God's not condemning them and here's where they've missed it, but He is blaming them. He is blaming them because others are looking at them and their excuses and using them also. They are to blame. When Peter played the role of a hypocrite in Galatians 2, you read about it. The Bible says he was to blame. Others followed him. Others followed his march into what the Bible calls dissimilation. Another word for hypocrisy. When Peter moved into a sinking boat of hypocrisy, Paul said he was to blame. What what, what blame was on him? First of all, for looking away from what justified him, because that's the exact message Paul, the apostle, preached to him, reminded him of what justified him. And it wasn't works. That his mind surely went back to when he heard that some from the church of James in Jerusalem was showing up. Peter looked away from the sacrifice of Christ. He was moved into a boat, a sinking boat, that is, of dissimulation. And the Bible says even Barnabas followed him into that. And some of the other Jews there, the Christians there. So although God's not condemning, my friend, He is... Blaming. There is blame. And you and I again, you look it up. There are many new covenant scriptures that tell us we are to walk without blame to be blameless before Him all the days of our life. What is there in our lives that people can look at and say, see there see there, I don't have I mean, they love the Lord. They're walking with the Lord. They're not going to church. There's no condemnation. The Bible says, yes, that's true, but there is blame. There is blame. I've heard ministers look at ministers that know better than not preaching the cross and the excuses they give for not preaching the cross. I've heard other ministers look at them and say, see there, you don't have to preach the cross all the time. You don't have have to bring the cross into all your messages. You you don't have to really, you're not Paul. You don't have to get determined to know nothing other. You don't, you you know, they're to blame. Again, God's not condemning His people. That condemnation was removed in the blood of Jesus. But everything we're blamed for unless we repent from, and come back to faith in the cross alone and allow that which others are looking at us and blaming us will, will, or blaming us. Well, they're using us for an occasion to walk in the flesh. I don't want to be one of them. And this is about the time the devil whispers into your ears and says, nobody's perfect. We won't be like him till we get to heaven and we see him. We, nobody's obtained that place of perfection yet. And the devil uses all those statements that are factual statements, but faith cannot come through a factual statement. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That is truth, my friend. And truth will never leave you in blame. But it will remove that blame and bring the power of the Holy Spirit to get rid of that which we've made an excuse and become a blame for instead of walking blameless before God for others to see. It will remove that and bring fresh fruit from obedience to God's word. Hallelujah! I'm glad Peter repented and came back into that place and even acknowledged Paul as 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 what he wrote as being uh, in equality with the scriptures and the epistles he called them. The things that Paul wrote may be hard to understand and some are twisting, resting. He said but for their own destruction as they twist the other scriptures also. I'm glad God's not condemning us, but are we walking in a place where we're to blame, where others are using us as an excuse? Have we become settled and removed the trembling of heart from the scriptures we read by a... Replacing the convicting power of the Holy Spirit with some fleshly and carnal excuse as to why we're not walking where the light of God's Word shines and shows us to be walking. So the Holy Spirit here brings this name of this man, Alexander the coppersmith, did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. And the Lord will. When there is evil done, whether it's word, verbal form, evil, going around saying, it's not all about that. You don't have to be focused on really the sacrifice of Christ like they are. Or if it's evil done, not just verbally, but physically, the Lord will reward those who come against the messengers of righteousness the messengers of the cross. And this morning, I believe there are people listening to me whose hearts have trembled. I believe there are those listening to me who have fallen under the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. What will you do with the Word of the Lord? What will you do with the conviction now that has come through the Word of the Lord? What will you do? Because it is up to you whether faith comes our flesh rises to continue to rule. If faith is allowed to come through a trembling heart and an acceptance, a, a believing under righteousness again, then the change will be made by the Holy Spirit. That knowledge of Christ will excel you back into a place of forward moving so that your life can continue to become the gospel. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, Of whom be you aware also? Timothy, you're aware of what Alexander did, for he has greatly withstood our words. Do you see? Be very careful that you're not on the other side of the fence, separated from those who become determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Oh, this is a great session we've had today. I thank God for you, the soldiers of the cross, those who are learning to stay on this path through faith in the cross, those of you who are, who've allowed God to uproot you because He never planted you there and to plant you now in the house of the Lord where you can flourish in His courts at His planting now. Oh, yes, it'll be painful, my friend, but when was the way of the cross ever not a painful way? When was it not a painful way? It's not a way we grow comfortable on, but it's a way that we walk in that with much tribulation we must enter into the kingdom of God, the Bible says in Acts. Stay the course, my friends. Keep the faith. Fight the fight. Keep running this race. The end is near. Everything is painted as better by the devil. You've heard the saying, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Yes, but they didn't tell you it's because there's a septic tank of stink there that will bring stink to your life and destroy you. Stay the course, my friend. God bless you. He loves you. We're praying for every one of you. And I hope that you're praying for us as we link arms in this race to the finish line through faith in the cross, as we continue to see more and more of the light of Christ in God's Word through faith in His great sacrificial and redeeming work at Calvary. There is no other view that God looks through, and there is no other view that He'll honor that we look through. So keep running the race. Thank you for being with us today. I pray that God will find you today in the place you need to be and that today will be the day of your breakthrough, that which you've sought God for, that which you've been crying out to God for, that you will see the arm of God, the strong and mighty power of God's right hand moving in your life today to bring that healing for yourself or your family member, whoever it might be, or the new job, the new whatever, the restored whatever. God is there because He said He is an ever-present help in our time of need. And we're always in need. God bless you. He loves you. Don't forget to sow into good ground. And you've heard the truth today. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can do that by texting the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.